0: Fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. I'll talk more soon. I'm gonna fuck this up, right? Focus, take whatever it is you're making right now, and I'm telling you, we will see a Completely different the alright?
1: Fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. I'll we'll talk more soon. <laughs> A, Come on, somebody. Come on, so we going
0: to do so that we I can some is like Team.
1: Teammates, 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 we are back. We are back once again. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the move swiftly podcast glad to have you i'm 100 sure you'll be back for more to all of my regular listeners you know how we roll you know how we get down we have some gems absolutely incredible people that come on this show and just do just just leave you with some some great things some great nuggets to take home and and to listen to so today it's no different you know i met her at a at a networking event actually it was a networking event shout out to daniel Uh, united we rocky puts on a networking event in delray beach the first thursday of every month make sure you check that out she you know she and i had a conversation and we're going to be working together on a lot of different projects she is both a business coach and a marketing guru miss allison turner welcome to the show
2: thank you i'm excited to be here
1: excited to have you excited to have you man i mean uh We've, we've been putting it off, but it's finally happening. It's finally happening. <laughs> yep,
2: sometimes it just has to get
0: scheduled. So that, that's, has that's
1: has what I see. <laughs> yes, it just has to get scheduled. So, you know, you, you started off your journey as a tennis player. And I had a very, very brief stint with tennis. I wish I would have taken it more seriously. I didn't start playing tennis until I was a senior in high school. And I, actually, I didn't play. I, I got cut from the team but I didn't realize how significant it was when it comes to that lateral movement and, you know, left and right, things like that. So can we, let's just start it off there. You know, when you played tennis, what what kinds of things did you learn that that led you into the work you're doing now?
2: So when I played tennis, it was interesting because it was a, a, you know, different journey. My parents, I think, always wanted me to play some kind of sport. So when we lived in Florida, so I was born and raised in Florida well, initially in Florida until I was about six. And then right. my father got transferred up to Indianapolis. So in Florida, I was, I was swimming. And you know when, I went, when we moved to Indianapolis, obviously swimming, while it's still a sport up there, it's winter in you know, certain months of the year. So you have to find an indoor pool. There weren't as many of them at that point. So we did some swimming, but then they were looking for other sports. And so I ended up going into tennis uh, at age seven and kind of continuing that journey pretty much through high school and, and most of college. And I think what I learned from tennis is it really teaches you, you know, certain skills that you can use in life, um, you know, goal setting. You know, anytime you play a sport, obviously, whether you're playing tennis or any other sport, There are typically goals and sometimes they may be goals of moving up in rankings. So like we, you know, tennis is more of an individual sport at least until you get to college, even high school tennis. While there are team tennis, you know, tennis um, opportunities in high school, what really moves you to like a college scholarship is the individual play in like national level tournaments and things like that. Coaches Mm -hmm. don't really look at high school, you know, tennis, um, you know, unlike high school football where coaches do, you know, recruit. So
1: I remember that it's actually when I was when I tried out my senior year, it was the first time I ever played. And the coach told me, like, they don't teach tennis at the high school. You have to go to other clubs and play in other tournaments and stuff like that if you want to actually learn how to play the game.
2: Yes, exactly. So you know so goal setting would be number one um number Mm -hmm. two would be time management i always liked to do a lot in high school so while i sometimes i resented tennis because it took so much time and i was literally playing most of the time seven days a week so there really wasn't time off and there were other opportunities at my high school that i wanted to do so uh which was for example theater so while I wasn't, I didn't like to be in front of the, you know, in the in the spotlight, but I liked the behind the scenes theater. So stage managing, running sound, building sets, things like that. I had friends that did that. So, you know, in my, in high school, I literally would go from high school when, once high school finished, I went to tennis practice for two or three hours and I would grab some food and I would come back to my school. And then during, you know, like a, a production time during that time I would end up being there from you know like 6 30 to 9 30 10 at night and then I would go home and then I would do homework after that so it really taught me you know if I want something bad enough like I have to manage my time and figure out where everything's going to fit because my parents were always big sticklers on grades too so it wasn't just like go play tennis, and you know, whatever grades you get, is fine, it was, no grades are first, and schools first, yes. and yes. first, and then everything else, so they always said, well, you can do the theater stuff as long as you keep your grades up, so obviously, right. that drove me to keep the grades up, so I think time management was um, the second thing, and then, you know, when I got into, you know, after college, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I was a history major in college, and the only thing I would have possibly done with history is get a PhD and teach at the college level. I had no desire to teach high school. And this was it, at,
1: uh, this, I want to say Northwestern, correct? Yes, Northwestern, yeah, Northwestern University
2: Northwestern. up in the Big yeah. Ten. So, right. um, you know, so I think, and I ended up after like my first few years out of college, and I was trying different things. I was in social mm-hmm. services for a little bit. I went into the financial world for a little bit. And I ended up back in tennis and which kind of surprised me because I kind of had a bad, you know, at the very end, I was burned out. I wasn't enjoying it. I
0: wasn't, yeah, you know, yeah. like,
2: and but sometimes
1: I, you need that, though. You know, once uh, that kind of similar. Well, I'd say that year that I told my ACL and I didn't have football. You start to realize how how much it actually is a part of you. <laughs> you know, you start to miss just the 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 grind, the process and things like that. Yeah,
2: exactly. And I, and it wasn't even, I wanted to play and compete again. It was really, I wanted I finally recognized it as a gift because I had never really seen it, you know, Mm. because of tennis, like the way you obviously get to the top is you're playing professional tennis. I played some semi-pro stuff and did okay in that, but I really didn't have the drive or the desire at that point to go professional and yep. so I never really saw, you know, I saw myself as okay, but I was like, oh, well, you know, I didn't make that level and I don't want to go to that level. So, you know, I think when I was like 24, 25, I finally recognized it like as a gift, you know, like that I actually had the, g- <laughs> had the gift. So it, it took mm-hmm. a little time, you know, until after I was playing. And so then when I went back into teaching it, and I taught it for many years, and that's what brought me to Florida, because I was still up in the Chicago area. And then I moved to Florida because I always thought I would come back to Florida because I I really don't like cold weather so I um, taught it for many years and I enjoyed doing it so it was always but I always liked the challenge between teaching some and then doing some you know more administrative side so I ended up um, down here I ended up working for a country club in Boca and running the junior program so Mm -hmm. while I had a captive audience uh it was always trying to build new events try to build new ideas to get more kids in you know and obviously most of the kids came from the country club but we could have kids coming in from the outside and things like that we couldn't actively market because obviously it was a fairly high-end country club and and things like that but we could come you know and it was really engaging the kids within the country club and really, you know, creating these different events. So they, you know, wanted to come back. So it wasn't just, you know, mom and dad putting them in a class once a week and saying, you know, go learn some tennis, you know, and most of them were recreational.
1: Man, I didn't even know that about that. That's awesome. What were, so what were some of the, like, when you were trying to create this program though, what were some of the challenges that you faced and uh, it was it brand new, like, were you like the new coach coming in and trying to start up? Right.
2: you know, interestingly enough, they always had to, I mean, because this was, a, again, this is a fairly well-known country club and, and mm-hmm. um, they had a program, but I think I really built the program, you know, because I, you know, their, their goal was always to get more people and or more kids involved in the program. Yes. It was a big, it was a big club and, um, you know, so it was really just to try and educate and it was creating, you know, fun events. So, you know, we always had the club championship or whatever, but it was creating, you know, how do you break kids up? And so like, even the younger ones that maybe aren't good enough to play a, you know, true tennis match, you know, from the baseline can play. So, you know, we had started using smaller courts, different size balls for these kids, so they could actually still play over a smaller net and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. They could still play the championship. So they weren't left out. And it wasn't just okay, well, you can only play if you can, like, hit the ball over the big net and it's way at the baseline, you know, because that really leaves a good part of the kids out, because especially in a country club, once the kids get to be teenagers, unless they're really interested in tennis,
0: yeah. you
2: know, social life kicks in, if they're playing any other sports, that might kick in, right. school kicks in, so, you know, the book. Right. Of- and it,
1: it's such an individual baseball, like, it's hard to keep them engaged because you have those you don't have those teammates like you're doing basketball or baseball or football and you know the kid has to really really enjoy it you know and it it really isn't about you see the thing about football and all these other sports is it's so glamorized and so glamorous but the the individual grind when it comes to tennis is truly truly something that I don't think a lot of people understand like I, I cannot wait for that movie with Serena with Will Smith when he plays Serena Williams dad I cannot wait for that movie to come out. So just show people just really because it doesn't just happen, like what how significant their accomplishments really were are.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, and still are. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, and they've done a whole different. I mean, one of the reasons I admire them so much and how they were raised is they weren't raised like tennis is the only thing. They were raised with, mm-hmm. you know, obviously to create champions by all means, but while they were on the tour, they were going back to school and getting a college degree or a, you know, yeah. they were continuing their journey. I mean Serena's built, you know, Venus has built her own yeah, interior design company here in in Palm Beach County. I know Serena No has,
1: kidding. Like, I, I didn't see I didn't even know. Are you serious?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, wow. Venus is, I mean, she actually um her lead, I think I don't know if it's the CEO of the company or who it is, but yeah. Spoke at a networking event up in uh West Palm maybe last year at some point, end of last year that I went to. And Venus actually made an appearance there. Um, you know, and they said that she would she doesn't like to be in the limelight, you know, even though she played professional tennis, she's yeah. not like yeah. her sister. Yeah, I think, I think it's a little, little past
1: more. that, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, so she didn't, want, she didn't want to be the speaker, but she made an appearance at the event. Yeah, um right. and so it was interesting but yeah she's built this whole company I mean they go into like major hotels they go in you know I mean it's uh yeah but she's done this while being on the tour so it's not like mm-hmm. it's a new thing because she's older and she's you know about to go off the tour or whatever it is it's it's been an ongoing thing you know she's just put the right people in place to help manage it while she's mm-hmm. continued on the tour and um, Serena is no different I mean she's also created her own clothing line she's created you know she's gone that direction but all while being on the tour while most of the time you you hear of the people that are getting burned out on the tour or injured on the tour because yeah all they're doing is tour 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 and tennis 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 and they really have no outside interests, so you know once they hit a certain age like in their late 20s they leave the tour because they're burned out at that point versus the the Williams sisters both have been able to you know stay on the tour I mean I think uh Venus is close to 40 she's late 30s maybe I mean they're you know with they're in their mid to late 30s at least so you know and that's kind of unheard of in in today's world with so much emphasis on playing so many tournaments a year and all that type of thing. So, um, you know, that's one of the things I admire about them is, is the education and that they've continued with the education and, you know, their father always emphasized that I'm sure their mom too, you know, that it's, you know, tennis is there for sure, but you know, you have to have that education you have to have, you know, what else are you going to do? Cause obviously tennis is only going to last so long. You could teach it if you want, but I don't exactly. you know, necessarily see them doing that. Um, you know, so, I mean, for me, when I was, you know, teaching and I finally got to the point where, you know, and I enjoyed what I was doing, but I've always found that I get I'm bored. That's not the right word, but I want more challenge, you know, and I yeah. want, you know, a new challenge. And I never thought I'd stay at the country club as long as I did. Um, right. And so I felt, I, had,
1: the, uh, I felt the same way when I coached high school football. You know, I, I loved it, love being around the kids, but those X's and O's get really, really tedious and really boring. <laughs> like I couldn't see, I just could not see myself doing it. I mean, for as long as most of these coaches really do it as much as they, yeah. I mean, years, 40. My my high school coach gradu, uh, retired, he was like 70 in his yeah. 70s, you know, coached for yeah. 45 years. I and couldn't love, see myself being around it. It. Yeah, and
0: I yeah.
2: mean, and, and some people love it, so they like, you know, good i mean those are the people you need in those jobs um i mean there's still somebody that i worked with at the country club that's still there i think he's in Mm -hmm. his you know 60s somewhere at this point i mean that's been his career and he's done really well with it so you know he just i think it just depends each person's different so i you know but i've been in tennis for so long i was like okay now now what do i do so i ended up going back to grad school um and getting my MBA and I went here at, at Florida Atlantic University and one of the reasons I chose them and I looked at University of Florida because University of Florida had an executive MBA program so I could have done most of the classes online and I think you had to go up to Gainesville every I, can't remember, I think twice a year or something like that I can't remember what it was exactly and so I looked at University of Florida because obviously that name is a whole different ball game but FAU had a uh, MBA where you could do a focus uh, concentration in sports management. And one of the things I liked about that was I could still do, you know, I've always been passionate about sports and, and obviously a lot of my life has been focused around sports. So I still got the master's in business, which is what I wanted because that degree speaks to me, it speaks better than like a master's in sports management, which is also out there. But if you don't stay in sports, then what do you, you know, like, it's like, okay, you know, you have this master's in sports management, I wanted something that was a little more flexible, where it still gave you the MBA, and I hadn't even heard of this, that they had... And, and,
1: and a lot of people don't understand that it's sports is, it's not a money-making business. When I say that, I don't mean, I mean... I don't mean that the sport doesn't make money. It's revenue generating. You know what I'm saying? Revenue generating versus money making. There's a huge difference between someone starting a youth program, a youth athletic program to want to give back to the community and have to raise the funds versus someone starting a shoe company in which there's an actual product to actually make money. And a lot of folks don't understand, that, especially in my sport, where the commodity is so like there's high school programs that make more money than some college programs. Yep. And it, it deceives a lot of us, especially the whether it's football, basketball, baseball, the, the major sports with these huge stadiums. It's this it's deceiving in terms of when I whenever I say that a lot of people just look at me like. What are you talking about? Of course, it makes money. No, it's revenue generating. It's a difference. And someone like you who came from the tennis world, you know, we need folks like you to really spread that message. Because, you know, with this NLI and all these things that are happening, it's so important that we get this information to the young athletes because it's coming down to like a different world. It, It is not the same type of atmosphere that you and I came up in. I go off on tangents on this show, my best. <laughs> so, you know, when people really, when, when you start saying triggery stuff, when you start saying good stuff and dropping some real gems, I kind of lose it. But go ahead, Alex. I didn't mean to, <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off on that. No
0: oh, worries. No worries. Um,
2: you know, So anyway, I went back to grad school and then I, you know, it was interesting because this particular program forces you to, I shouldn't say forces you, gives you opportunity to intern the entire program so it's an 18 month program you have to go full time or wish you Mm -hmm. did when I did it um I don't know if it's changed at all and you have to intern so you really can't work full time so I ended up working part-time in tennis so just doing some privates I actually pulled back on the junior program and uh, turned it over to somebody else I trained that person turned it over to him and went full-time into the NBA. I interned for the Dolphins, uh, or not the Dolphins, the Panthers. I interned Mm -hmm. for uh, Lynn University in their athletic department. And I interned for the tennis tournament here in Delray, the ATP tournament um, in Delray, and also continued with it. That that same company also runs um, junior national tournaments in their kind of quote-unquote off-season, because obviously the the ATP tournament is once a year. But they still do; they still exist the rest of the year. And those are full time jobs. The people that actually run that ATP tournament, the the main people, I should say. They have a lot of volunteers that help them out too. But um, so I ended up interning a lot, and I really enjoyed that because it it showed me what I didn't want to do. I guess <laughs> it showed me yeah, yeah you know the the um, Panthers were a little too corporate for me. Um, right which would you know and some people love that atmosphere I wasn't interested in it but I enjoyed the experience because it it showed me what I didn't want and I really yeah. loved when university and I like the camaraderie it's a division 2 school so I even though I went to a division 1 school sometimes division 1 can be you know it's got a much bigger staff it's got a much bigger yeah. team it's a little more cutthroat
1: Um, and they give out they give out all these fancy titles to people that (laughs) really just sit in the office don't do anything you can, i'll say it yeah a lot of them are just dead weight weight yeah
2: so i enjoyed the the win experience you know the challenge with college athletics whether you're in division one two three whatever you're in
1: exactly you
2: have to to move to move up in that industry and i you know i was in my 30s at that point and i just um yeah, I wasn't really, you know, ready to, I was like, you know, I love Florida. I like warm weather. You know, I don't want to move to like North Dakota, um, yeah. or you know, somewhere where it's going to be super cold, you know, right, right. You know, because I it's know. the ideal job, but now I'm in a mm-hmm. place I don't want to live necessarily. So, you yeah. know, I, I kind of moved away from that. I ended up, um, you know, I enjoyed the tennis tournament, you know, but they were like, you're well, you know, you're too qualified, you're overqualified, basically.
1: Oh, man. And yeah, when you really decide, I've gotten that a lot, too, because, you know, you're willing to do that intern work, you're willing to do it. So you're going to get a lot of that overqualified stuff.
2: Right, right. Well, (laughs) you know, it's interesting, because, you know, I was in my 30s when I did my MBA, but I mean, I was in school with a lot of people that were in their 20s. So yeah, you know, where that kind of job for starting at 25 or 30,000 may have been appealing to them. Obviously it wasn't necessarily appealing to me at that point in time.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: um, you know, and they told me kind of upfront, you know, we'd love to have you, but you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're really too qualified. And um, it's,
1: it's, it's cheap labor right here, man.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, I ended up going back to, it's interesting. I went back to tennis for a little while longer because the person I had turned the program over to, uh didn't do really well with the program so the numbers had dropped and they like this the assistant head pro had begged me to come back I wasn't sure what I was gonna do so I was like okay you know what I'll just go back I'm gonna go back on my own terms I'm gonna teach less I'm gonna focus on the junior program and teach kind of habits I really want to teach so I really went in there with that structure and and then kind of looked at what other you know what else I wanted to do, and um, so this this company that I own now, Bad Cat Media Group, which just got rebranded this past summer. Uh, you know, I started this company back in 2012 with a business partner, and so she knew I had this business degree. She had owned a advertising company uh, in the Midwest, you know, a few years before. So we we ended up starting a consulting firm, and so that's how it started was a consulting firm. Yeah and you know we were in delray beach we're headquartered in delray beach and you know most businesses in delray beach are four employees or less and that's about you know probably about 85 percent of them and we heavily networked in the delray chamber so we were obviously picking up business from that and we would talk to people about their marketing strategy or you know what they you know what they needed to do to kind of get to that next level and you'd look at their brand or their website and you'd kind of be like Yeah, maybe you don't want to use that, you know, because sometimes people have built their own website, which is fine. Some people can do it. Some people can't. Um, I've certainly seen good websites that people have built. And so we ended up starting to do branding and website design. We didn't really advertise it. We did it specifically for clients. Some people would get referred to us through those people. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we started doing it just because it was a need. And then she and I really didn't work well together. We had kind of different visions and where the company, we wanted the company to go. I always tell people, you know, never own a company 50-50, we owned a company 50-50. So it was always this battle. Um, So she left the company in 2014. I like bought her out of the company and I continued to add the online marketing piece to it. And then I rebranded to two divisions Um, at that point. And then my uh, fiance, who now works in the company with me, he's my the video producer of the company. He came in um, maybe about five years ago into the company and brought the video aspect because video is probably the number one marketing tool at this point in time um, for you know for businesses or you know whether you're branding yourself, or you're branding a business, whatever you're doing, um, it's you know, all the statistics are showing, you know, video is, is, you know, the number one thing that you can do. Uh, So he came into the business. So added a big, huge value to the business. Um, He's also a musician. So I had gotten him kind of back into music. I've introduced him to musicians. He had like left it for a period of time. And we also opened a music studio. So we, we added the third division which I don't right. really have. I oversee it just because it's my company, but I don't really have anything to do with it. Cause I'm not a musician. I'm not good in that industry whatsoever. So he oversees that. And then we rebranded to this one big media group this past summer, uh, which is where the bad cat media group came in. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's interesting because I wouldn't have seen this, you know, if, yeah. I, if you ask my high school self and tennis, right. like you're going to own this company and you know, 25 years or whatever, like i probably would've been like, yeah, you're nuts. <laughs> like I'm not right. gonna start my own company. So, yeah. you know, so it's uh, 2020.
1: <laughs> so before we jumped on this, I listened to a few, just so you guys know, she does, she also does have a podcast named Dream, Plan, Start, Grow. Uh, that's it, right? Yeah. And I listened to it and you were talking about how, you know, some people join the chamber, and they expect immediate results. They expect things to happen right away, and it just doesn't work like that. Right. And, and I, I, I'm really happy that you laid everything out because this was so far from what you would initially thought you would be doing as a history major at uh, Northwestern. <laughs> you know, like it, it, it's so completely out of it. And I think it's so important for people to hear that. You know, don't try to plan out. You never know. You just got to really feel your way through life. And sometimes, you know, you, you really got to stay open to opportunities because this is an incredible story that now you and your fiance are running a company. You know, that's the American dream right there. You know, that right there is the American dream it's because you kind of stayed focused and you were willing to put in the work all throughout the journey. Like whatever challenge came up, you know, you're willing to go out and put in the work.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, I've learned over the years because I used to be like, oh, I'll never do that. You know, like mm-hmm. I I did that in my 20s, probably in some of my 30s, you know, where I'm like, oh, no, you know, you, you never. And I actually posted this on social media the other day on my personal account said, you are know, like you'll never, you know, do this. And I mean, now I usually say, you know, never, never say never basically is my motto. And it's.
0: Yeah. And if there's something that
2: doesn't appeal to me, so if you said to me like, "Hey, Allison, you want to go skydiving today?", I would probably say, "You know, I'm not really interested today, but I'll keep it in mind for future because I there have been mm-hmm. times in my life I wanted to go skydiving, I haven't done it. Right, this second I'm kind of like in the the middle zone of that. So, but I never say never at this point because there's always opportunities, and you know, I'm one of those people that always wants to grow and expand and continue to build you know, life because obviously once you stop growing in my opinion, like you kind of like you know die or you you sometimes you literally die because sometimes you see those see people that work their entire life and then they retire Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh what do I do now? You know, like if you retire with hobbies, that's great. You know, if you play golf or you play tennis or you know, you like to travel, whatever it is, that's great. But, you know, like if you retire and you like have zero hobbies and you're like, oh crap, now, now what do I do? Your whole identity yeah. is wrapped up in like your, what your job was. And mm-hmm. now you're 60, 70, you know, some people you are retiring later at 75, whatever you're retiring at, you know, and you hear those stories where people like die, like within a couple of years of retirement, you know, and it's, right. you know, it's sad because, you know, they either haven't prepared, you know, to to retire, they're not sure what they're doing in retirement as opposed to, you know, having those, you know, as you go, you know, having kind of that fulfilled life in all areas as you go. So I mean that's one of the things in the business coaching world, you know, it's yeah. really how does your business and your life integrate together? You know, how it how do you have that balance? Because it's not, it can't just be business, business, business. You have to have that personal side. You have to have whether you're you know, want to be married and have kids, whether you, mm-hmm. you know, like want to travel, whatever it is for you, each person's different, you right. know, and it, but you have to have kind of that, that bigger picture and not just be like, oh, I worked in my business. I worked 80 hours a week and and that's yeah. it. And, and, you know, because <laughs> right. you're probably going to burn out very quickly. And so it's really, you know, about how do you create that big picture and, and what do you, you know, how does your personal vision interact with your business vision? I mean, how can those two things coexist, essentially?
1: Right. I always think of that uh, that Peyton Manning commercial. It was one of those years where his neck his neck injury, it was a neck injury, and he couldn't play the entire year. So he did a Papa John's commercial in which he was the referee for the Super Bowl. <laughs> and the guy, go, uh, Jerome Bass, goes, Peyton? And then Peyton goes, look, man's got to work, all right? (laughs) 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 Man's got to work, all right? Jeez, you know, so hey, guys, you know, you got to find something, man. Just because you may not be doing that thing that you were talented at or that you thought you would be doing, you got to go find something, you know, spend time with the family, go do something to make it so you're active. Because just like she said, if you're not growing, you are dying, whether you're dying physically or mentally, at some point, you will, it'll feel like death if you're not growing. You know, Allison, and we could we could honestly talk for hours and hours and hours yes. on this thing, but I <laughs> I want to be very respectful of your time. Can you just please tell the people what's coming down the pipeline, what we can expect to see from you in the future?
2: Absolutely. So, I mean, right now I am spending more time on Clubhouse. I actually created so the, the podcast that I started last year and I haven't gone very far in it, so you probably saw that too um dream plan start grow I actually created a clubhouse under that same name dream plan start grow I think you're following it so I'm working on Mm -hmm. you know building out programming right now because I mean part of part of dream plan start grow for me is that I can you know use it I use it in business coaching but also it can be used in applicable in life so you know part of it is like how do you always dream how do you always plan how do you start how do you grow so you know obviously that's a tool for business and can be very clear in business but it could be i could say to a friend of mine you know who just i have a friend that just lost her job you know and um and um because i cut back all of a sudden and you know like i can say the same thing you know i think she's really trying to see what's that next vision she worked for this uh, company for a long time and like what's that next vision and so it's the same mentality Uh, moving Mm -hmm. forward so you know for me it's really continuing that cycle for myself dream plan start grow and you know figuring how to continue to build and as I said clubhouse is probably going to be the next um, place I will be spending a little bit more time as far as building out maybe you know two or three rooms a week under that under that brand and then hopefully being able to create kind of a Facebook page around that as well so um, you know, that's a step for me personally. You know, to give back some, but also for business, obviously as well.
1: Excellent, excellent. And how can people get in touch with you? Would Clubhouse be the best way, or would it be via email?
2: Um, email or my uh, office number. So I have an office number uh, in Dalray. So that's five six one two seven six four four two two. My email at my company is Allison A L L I S O N at batcatmedia.com. So it's B-A-T-C-A-T-Media.com. Um, or obviously you can find me on Facebook or Instagram and, and DM me there as well.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Now, before I officially let you go, it's what I do with all my guests. I kind of put them in a place where they can really close out the episode. So right now I want you to pretend that it's you and, uh, back at the country club, you're kind of in transition and you're talking to these young tennis players that are good chance that they might not that they won't go pro but they want to get something out of this program they want to get something out of this experience the mic is yours what do you tell them
2: I would tell them that tennis is you know in any sport to me is a little bit like life you know what you put in it you get out of it so if they want to improve their game, you know, have more fun with it. Cause obviously when you can play a match or rally back and forth, that's more fun than like hitting a ball on the bottom of the net nine times out of 10, you know, so what you put into it is really what you get out of it. And so the more effort and the more, um, time on a court allows you, you know, bigger strides forward and to really enjoy the journey, because that's one thing I don't know that was emphasized in to me as growing up is like enjoying the journey and really enjoy the journey. Enjoy what you're, you don't wanna enjoy what you're doing on the court. You know, maybe you may not enjoy it every single day, but you know, like enjoy the journey to where you're going next, because obviously life is, to me, life is about the journey. It's not just about the destination.
1: Woo, I'm ready. Effort and enjoy the journey, people. Everyone continue to move swiftly. And we will talk more soon. Awesome. Thank you.